Hello and welcome to the Games Are Fun podcast. My name is Luke Armstrong and I'm your host. Joining me today is my awesome co-host, Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going? It's going well. It's uh, It feels good to finally be back on a, um, I guess, like a, a regular, regular podcast. Yes, it's been like three weeks. We did a, a Sea of Thieves stream on our Twitch channel in place of a podcast one week. Then the next week we kind of did a podcast inside of Sea of Thieves, which went pretty good. Um, actually, it went better than I expected it to be, if I'm going to be completely yeah, not honest. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, we had, uh, we, we kind of like had a podcast plan, but then we were going to reschedule it. And then Steven went on his Twitch channel and did a basically a Final Fantasy episode because it's, I mean, what else is he going to talk about, right? Between that and No, no Man's Sky. So, uh, yeah, if you like Final Fantasy XIV, you kind of got an episode last week. But anyways, we're finally back. It's good to be back. Um, this episode is special because we have a special guest joining us on this episode of Games Are Fun. And that is our friend of the show. He's a big community member for the Games Are Fun podcast. And that is none other than Nishan. Nishan, how's it going, man? Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Luke. Adam, uh, you know, big fan of the podcast. I'm glad I could... Uh step in for for steven here and chat video games with you guys tonight yeah Yeah, let me just say it's a real pleasure to have you on the show our our intern our lazy intern steven couldn't be bothered to show up tonight yeah (laughs) he's just off doing his own thing he's he's doing shows on sundays he's not showing up for uh episodes on on the regular recording day so we appreciate you being here nishan and filling that role for the lazy intern yeah exactly (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll go fetch your coffees if you need me to. <laughs> so this full episode, episode 121, which is pretty crazy. When I was putting that in uh, today, I was like, wow, 121 episodes of Games Are Fun podcast. What is it going to entail? Well, we are going to be starting off with talking about the indie world, the Nintendo presentation uh, that aired yesterday at the time of this recording. And we're going to go through all those announcements, share our thoughts, share our opinions on games that stood out to us and games that we wanted to, you know, just share a couple tidbits on. And then after that, we're going to go into kind of a, a more open topic, less news focused and um, we're going to be sharing our gaming turn ons and turn offs. So we'll have Adam kind of clarify when we get to that section what that's exactly going to look like, but you can pretty much just use common sense that we're going to be going through, uh, all three of us, what we like in video games and what we don't like. And I mean, like, not this, like, things that kind of just annoy us. I'm talking, like, things that are big turnoffs uh, and big things that, like, make us attracted to a game. What what systems or specific things in a game are making us want to go and play it. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We've had that kind of topic idea brewing for quite a while now. And so it's great to finally be able to share that. Um, but before we get to the all of that awesome content, we want to remind you that Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast each week. Adam, myself, and Steven join together to talk about video game news, trending industry topics, and reviews on recent game releases. The podcast airs every single week. It's available on all major podcast platforms. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. All you have to do is just search for Games Are Fun or Games Are Fun Podcast in your podcast platform of choice, and we should be able to pop up on there. Uh, You can also find video versions of these episodes on the Games Are Fun YouTube page. Uh, So if you're listening to the show right now, go into that show notes, 
find that YouTube URL, go over there and hit subscribe. We don't have a custom URL because we only have 21 subscribers on that YouTube channel. So if you're listening right now, I know you have a YouTube channel. You're already listening to our content. So go and support us over on YouTube because we're, you know, we're, we're posting these video streams that we're doing on Twitch over on YouTube. The Level Grinders podcast is in there. You know, Adam, Steven have you know, Adam specifically, you've captured gameplay for some of these level grinder podcasts to share alongside the show. So yeah, we, we got stuff going over on our YouTube channel. We want to make sure that you guys are, are catching our content over there. Um, and then of course, twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast. This episode is being streamed live over there. So you're missing out. If you're, if you're on the podcast, I mean, we love you guys. You you guys are our bread and butter. You That's where we started. But just remember that at the beginning of this year, we started streaming all these podcast episodes over on our Twitch channel. And it's just a lot of fun. You can hang out with chat um, with some of the other community members and kind of be a part of the show live. So make sure uh, you try your best to catch us on the next episode. At the very least, head over to twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast and give us a like over there. Um, and then lastly... Uh, I have only one housekeeping note, I think. Um, I'm going to plug this again. Actually, you know what? I'm going to get you, Adam, to plug it. And that is the most recent episode of Level Grinders. What's that all about? Yeah, so me and Steven, we uh, we decided to talk about Super Mario RPG, a very great, well-done RPG that came really late in the Super Nintendo's life cycle and was just kind of one of those sort of defining RPGs of my childhood that I just absolutely adored. Uh, the, when we did the recording, it was the month of the 25th anniversary of the game. So we figured it was a pretty apt time to bring it in and talk about. And yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, one of, it, it was such a great episode. We had a lot of fun with it. Um, so, so yeah, if you like Super Mario RPG or if you don't know a lot about it and you want to know a little bit more, you can come in and you can hear our thoughts on the game. You can see a little bit of gameplay and just a heads up. Uh, I was, I cap the footage that I captured was from a randomizer, Super, Super Mario RPG randomizer. So it may look a little funny if you haven't played the game, you're not familiar with it. Uh, there's some, some graphical things that go along with the randomizer, but uh, it was a lot of fun to capture. And it was a great episode to uh, to talk about that game. Yeah, it, you know, Super Super Mario RPG is like a game that I just wish wasn't on, like it wasn't locked on that console because I I would really like that to is it because it's not on the SNES Virtual Console, right? No, it's yeah, not on it's yeah. not on it's not on the Switch Virtual Console. It is, I believe, however, on the super nintendo classic or or snes mini or whatever they call right, it the right, thing right, that right. nintendo officially put out it is on there but it's not on the switch for whatever reason nintendo get on it get it on the switch so people can play this game it is on the wii u eShop though of so if you have a wii u i mean who has a wii u <laughs> but if you have a wii u i know uh blp entertainment he's got a wii u if you haven't played that game go get it there you go all right. Do you have any any hints for what you're looking at for episode four of Level Grinders that you're going to share? Um, I, I don't know that I have. Yeah. So I think I think this month, April, is going to be sort of a sort of a month off. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said at the top of the show, or maybe it was in our pre-show. Uh, the month of March was pretty brutal. Uh, so even just getting that Super Mario RPG show put together was uh, 
was a little bit painstaking or it's, it was a little tough to fit it in. And then, of course, Luke, you and I know that we went through hell trying to get that get that show like edited and posted and everything. Pretty much every episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 yeah, the, I don't know what it is. It's the, the, the back portion of it, like the back end of Level Grinders is just cursed. The episodes are great, but the effort that it takes to get it posted and edited and all that stuff has just been a nightmare for whatever reason. I don't know. But we got it up there. That's great. Uh, this month, I think, is going to be a, a, a month off. And then in May, I think we know what we want to do with May. Um, we'll just say it's it's sort of another... Uh, I, don't, I don't know that it's necessarily an anniversary of sorts, but kind of. All right. So I'll cool. say that. Okay, well, that's all you get, audience. So try to decipher <laughs> that. It's sort of an anniversary, so... Yeah. <laughs> see if you can figure there, it, there figure is it a out. significance of the month of may the reason right. that we're choosing the game that we're choosing all right get to work everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah so definitely go check that out um level grinders podcasts uh on all podcast platforms and then like i said youtube channel all right let's get into this this topic and let's get get on with it so the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. Um, this is, I think, maybe the third or fourth Indie World under that like title of Indie World, which is kind of Nintendo's direct that is focused on independent developers, right? And not only just independent developers, but independent developers that like span the entire globe. So Nintendo always has these really awesome indie world presentations that highlight developers and studios from all different countries, which is really great because a lot of times with these events, you know, we get them very either Japan or, or North America. That's kind of what it ends up being. So I just want to commend that before we talk about the announcements, because that is one thing that, you know, when we look at the the other presentations out there, especially today in the, the world of the pandemic and how there's an increase in these digital events. Like I felt this Nintendo indie world was just like super quick. They moved through the pacing of it was really well done. They didn't spend too much time on one single game. They didn't have too minute, too much time on like a developer interview. It was really well paced. Um, so I'm going to turn over to you first, Nishan. What did you think of this as a whole presentation? Uh, you know, I, I, kind of forgot about it yesterday. I went into work and just <laughs> hanging out and went on the Discord and I saw uh, BLP Entertainment was talking about I'm like, oh yeah, the indie was today and got home and, and turned it on and yeah, it was it was 20 minutes but it, it went by real quick. Um, it Almost like every minute and a half, two minutes, they were going to a new game. And then speaking what you said before, uh, it, it really is an indie world because there were developers from Mexico, France, Germany that I remember just off the top of my head. So uh, I'm really loving Nintendo's, um, you know, the Switch is, has been a real great platform for indie games, in my opinion. And and Nintendo knows that, so they, they really lean into giving support to their indie developers. Yeah, no, definitely. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I, I actually really liked it just to kind of echo what you were saying that it it was really well paced. I feel like it respected the the viewer's time 
in the way that it just sort of quickly shifted between games, but it gave just enough time for everybody to kind of see what each game was or give it a little bit just a, a, a just enough backstory to understand what we're what we're watching, what we're looking at, seeing what the, uh, the you know, how the developer um, you know, wanted to present this game to everybody. So I think they did a really great job with that. I, I liked a lot of the stuff that they showed too. There's there's so many games in here where I'm like, I'm I'm interested in this. There were very few games where I'm like, okay, that's an easy pass or whatever. Most of the games I'm actually quite looking forward to. So Yeah, I don't think for myself there was like a yeah, a single game that looked like Oh man, that's rough. Why did they include that one in <laughs> right. it? Because usually there's like one of those in every show that's like sticks out like a sore thumb. But yeah, there was a lot of great announcements. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go through all the announcements, uh, list their titles, and then we'll come back and kind of pick out the ones we want to talk about. So they opened the show with uh, Road 96. And then there was a game uh, which is like a 3D runner game called Aerial Knights Never Yield. Um, and then uh, we got a game called Last Stop and Hindsight, both Annapurna interactive games. And then we got Ollie Ollie World, which is, uh, I guess, uh, in in this skateboarding uh, series called Ollie Ollie, I'm not actually super familiar with the series, but um, kind of a skateboarding game. And then The Longing, which is a game where you basically wait 400 days in real time. So you play that game, literally it's real time and it's 400 days long. And that one's called The Longing. Uh, there is no game, Wrong Dimension. And then we got another trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I know there's a lot of hype on that game. Uh, Chris Tales, Chris, Chris, that's how it's pronounced, right? Chris Tales? Chris, T- Chris Tales, yeah. Yeah, all right. Chris Tales. Um, then we got Getsu Fuma Den Undying Moon. And then we had Aztec Forgotten Gods, Skull the Hero Slayer. Uh, and then we kind of got like a montage at this point. So the games included in that montage were called Art of Rally, which is a rally kind of drifting game. Uh, Kiwi, where you play as like Kiwi birds and it's kind of like a puzzler. Labyrinth City, which basically looks like uh where's waldo weaving tides the house of the dead remake the railgun shooter i guess um ender lily's uh quietus of the nights all right and then we got beasts of maravilla island and then fez which is long overdue to come to the switch i know that's on a lot of people's list of like hey bring this game one of the best indie games ever over onto the switch so that's making its way and then they closed off the presentation with a one more thing it wasn't silk song like everyone wanted but it was a total surprise which was oxen free 2 lost signals which is a sequel to night school's game Oxen free. It wasn't Silk Song, but it ended up being a really hype announcement. Yes, definitely. So with that, which one do we want to go with first? Uh, you got either of you guys fight to to take a stab. Go ahead, Nishan. Yeah, Nishan, you're the guest. So which one do you want take to talk about first? Um, well, I think let's get this one out of the way first because I think a lot of people were hyped for this one, and that's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm. Shredder's Revenge. Uh, I think. I think even like mainstream gamers that don't really go for indies. Uh, everybody grew up with, with the side scrolling beat em up 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. And and this looks like a return to form. This gives off major Turtles in Time uh, vibes. And it like the the art style just reminds you of the the mid to early nineties. Uh, it looks like it's definitely going to have four player co op, which is which is great for for the Switch and getting people to do the online service for them. And uh, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. I'm not usually a beat 'em up fan, but I'm a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, and I'm ready to get in there and and fight with anybody to to claim the rights to Mikey. <laughs> I won't fight you for him. I uh, I'm not a Mikey fan. Who well, who are you a fan of then? Who are you going for, Adam? So, okay, so here's my dilemma, right? Because <laughs> Raph is clearly the best turtle. But when it comes to when it comes to these these beat 'em up turtle games, like you don't want to be Raph. He's got, you know, the the short range and everything. Like you want to be Leo or Donatello. They're going to be your 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 longest range fighters or have the most, you know, utility to them or whatever. Uh, so why do I like Raph the best? Um, I just I don't know that I would pick him. And, and Michelangelo, I just uh, I, as a character, I'm not a huge fan of like as a kid. I loved him because it was. Yeah, he's the party turtle. Like, yeah, pizza time. Let's go. <laughs> um, and then just I don't know, as as I got older, I just I felt like he was the most useless. <laughs> Um, so I didn't like him as much. And then I, I don't know, Raph's kind of like badass attitude, uh, just, you know, kind of resonated. I don't know. I just, I just liked it. I thought he was cool. He was so edgy. Right. Yeah. So as like, I was getting older, I'm like, yeah, I like the edgy guy. And then I guess I still like the edgy guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. I've always, I, I've always liked him the most too, for that exact reason. But <laughs> yeah, th- this game looks, looks really awesome. So I like Obviously, this game, what was the one title? Like, because this is very, it's like a spirit. Is it an actual sequel to a previous game or is it? I think it's just like a, like a spiritual successor or like just a, a another game in that sort of same style. Same style. Okay. So, it's, yeah, it's very much like Nishan said, like Turtles in Time or like Turtles 3 on the NES would be another one that just that really gives off those vibes and has that same like aesthetic to it. Fair enough. Yeah. I, we, we talked about it on the show. I think previously I, I would have to scroll back quite a ways through our discord to find it, but I think it was, there was a, a discussion going on in our discord. I think it was BLP entertainment and Anisha, I don't yeah, know if you were I, part I of that. Right. Con- I think it I was think around that the time that the too. initial, the initial trailer released for this game. I it think was literally pretty... like days before we were like in oh, this yeah, chat. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And they like yeah. willed it into existence. Yeah. I think BLP entertainment and myself were talking yeah. about like, like what games do we want to see on <laughs> right. the, on the switch online. And it, I forget which one of us mentioned like turtles in time. And then literally like the next day or two days later, the, the first trait, the first trailer for this game came out. Yeah, it was it was wild. I was like blown away when I saw that announcement because I was like, okay, we just literally <laughs> just now let's just talk about whatever game we want, guys, in the Discord and it should it should come true. <laughs> um Yeah, at any rate, I'm definitely excited for that one. I think that's gonna be a really fun party game. Um so maybe we'll have to get Steven, all four of us, we could stream that or something like that. I think that'd be a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, that would be that'd be great. All right. How about you, Adam? What was one game that you wanted to maybe talk about a little bit? 
Um, so I just want to mention one really quick before I talk about the one that like I actually want to talk about. Sure. Because I don't think anyone's gonna pick this to like really talk about much, and that's Ollie Ollie World. Like I'm not I'm not much into skating games or anything, but this looks like I just really dig the art style because it's like someone said, let's make a skating game within like the world of adventure time. Like I'm I'm looking <laughs> at this game and I see the aesthetic, I'm like, this like just screams adventure time. And there's actually, I think there was another game that was in the showcase that reminded me a lot of Adventure Time. And I'm like, is this just like, is this just like the style now? Like everyone wants to kind of, kind of be like Adventure Time or, or what? Anyway, <laughs> uh, the one I really want to talk about is Road 96. I think that just seemed, I really like the concept of that game where it's, you know, it's sort of like this visual story, you know, I'm try trying to think of, you know, what might it what it maybe kind of resembles and it kind of, re sort of reminds me of like a, a life is strange type yeah, of game. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Right. But it's like, I guess first person instead of, instead of third person, like life is strange, but it seems like, you know, it's, it's like a choose your own adventure, right? It, it's kind of going through and you're hearing this narrative of the, of your character that you're playing and they keep, you know, every time you see like that sort of VHS sort of like, I don't know, screen sort of wiggle and like the colors or whatever, like that story changes. And so it's, it's just kind of like you kind of choose where you're going. You know, you're 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 on a call with your mom or whatever, just kind of telling her what was going on. And it it seems like the stories can just vary so dramatically, like you could have one potentially where it's it's maybe pretty just relaxing. And maybe it's just kind of like a, a nice casual little road trip where you find love or something like that. And then, you know, maybe in another one, like you're, you're, you're fighting in like a militia of some kind. Like <laughs> there just seems like there's so many options and like this game could really take you anywhere. And I like the aesthetic of it. I thought it looked very nice. Um, it, it was a good, good art style. Uh, the, the landscapes that they had the, looked very nice. These sort of different routes that you end up on looked really pleasing and varied the way so it's like you could end up in two very different locations mm -hmm. at the end of the game or on your travels and things could look so much different with each with each playthrough that it seems like the replayability is almost endless and i think it looks pretty cool yeah definitely i i can't remember it was one of these digital events from last summer one of the many that existed i think it was maybe gorilla collective I can't remember. There was one that was a little bit of a smaller presentation that I remember seeing this Road 96 game. Um, it, they, I think that was when it was first announced and it caught my attention then. And then when I saw this trailer and saw kind of the gimmick of this kind of procedurally generated road trip idea, I thought that was really neat because it, you know, it's it was cool when we had games like Life is Strange or the Telltale games come in. It's like this choose your own adventure where you can ultimately get these different endings that's cool and all but like I, they're just becoming more expansive and i think this is one of those games where it's like it has different endings but even the gameplay the the experience or the adventure you go on is going to be very different from player to player um you know with them like you said showing the cuts of like this scene at a gas station and then this scene at like a on the side of a road in the mountains or something like that and this one is in the desert it's like it's kind of cool. So yeah, that one's supposed to come out later this year, but I'm definitely going to keep, keep tabs on it and 
probably pick it up if it's if it's well received i don't know if it's going to be a day one purchase per se but um it's grabbed my interest too so yeah i definitely like the the art style on that one and i think they like in the trailer they mentioned like over a hundred and forty thousand yeah routes like so yeah speaking to what you said adam just the replayability it's like each time you play it, you're going to have a completely different experience. And then going mm -hmm. back to uh, what you said about Ali Ali World, that was one that really caught my attention too, because I was getting um, Alto vibes from it. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember that mobile game. It Sounds was like familiar a, to me. Yeah, I know the name, but I don't recall the you're, game. You're just like a little Sherpa snowboarding down a mountain, and, and that's pretty much it. And I was getting major major vibes from that in Ali Ali. So that's that's one I was oh, looking okay. forward to to Adam. Yeah, and of course as the resident not that I skateboard anymore, but I was like mad into <laughs> skateboarding. And still am still like like skateboarding. I just don't really do it anymore. Um I so if you actually go and look at Ali Ali and look at one and two and compare it to this game, like this game just stands out like there, I've heard lots of people like kind of asking about this game. It's like, oh, this looks cool. And it's like, well, this is part of an established franchise. And I was like looking at these other games. And I once I took a look, I'm like, hey, this kind of vaguely looks familiar. Like, like the name didn't sound familiar, but this gameplay I'm watching of like, it's kind of from the side perspective, right? It's not like a Tony Hawk game. It is from the side. Um, but man, it looks really cool. And that art style, like you said, Adam... I think that's pulling in people to kind of check this out because look at these vibrant environments that you're going to, through on this like uh, in this like island or this world or whatever that is just built to skate is pretty cool. So yeah, and it, it looks super smooth too. I know they even mentioned that in the trailer too. They're like, you know, it, skate through these silky smooth environments or whatever. Mm -hmm. and it did. It really did. It looked very very smooth, and I think that sort of helped make it look pleasing both aesthetically and and gameplay wise yeah for sure so the game i wanted to mention is the second game that was announced uh, which is aerial knights never yield and this is a 3d uh endless well kind of endless runner um i guess it has levels it's not completely endless but it's you're, all you're doing is running and avoiding things that are thrown at you by jumping and sliding. Um, so I actually got an opportunity to play this demo. And because and, they announced that when it was announced, hey, there's a demo coming out later today that you can check out for yourself. So I got an opportunity to play it. And the demo consists of level one, two, and five, I believe. Um each level took me about five minutes to complete. I'm sure that was mainly because I kept crashing into things. Um, but basically what you're doing is you're running. Um, and like I said, you're avoiding these obstacles. And so these obstacles are kind of color coordinated based on four moves you have. So you have jump, which is literally just jumping over the object. Like it's a kind of like a high jump up there. And then there's a left which when i say left i mean this is this is what you're doing you're either pressing up on the d-pad or you're pressing y on the controller those are like or you know you're pressing b and you're pressing down or something like that like you can use the buttons or you can use the d-pad i use the d-pad because it 
was easier for me. And yeah, so there's jump. If you press left, it's kind of like this like half jump, I guess, over shorter objects. Down is slide and right is kind of sprint through something. And that's all that there was. There was no like power-ups. There was no um, special move sets or anything like that. It was just these moves. You run through the level. You have enemies that are like shooting at you. But again, you're it, like what's happening in the environment doesn't really affect you. The only time that you really have to be worried at, about that is when an obstacle is in your path. Because if you run straight into it, you die and you have to restart at the last checkpoint. So it was really fun. Where this game kind of as cool as like its art style is very unique um it's very bright vivid color uh kind of cell shaded to in, in some way and it has this really cool original soundtrack with a lot of like brass instruments kind of like jazz <laughs> jazz um kind of hip-hop and it's really cool the soundtrack and that's definitely the one note I'll make that I really enjoyed about it but the thing about this game having played the demo is it's a little bare bones there's not a lot of content there for me to really justify picking it up I think it's kind of fun to like play the demo and kind of see what it's all about but I'm really not sure what the poll is going to be um, when this game releases and you know who knows maybe there are some like boss sequences that I haven't experienced yet right I only got to play three levels but even that the three levels they gave you level five is just like a varied version of the second level it's still the same location whereas level one was a completely different location so really it felt like i was only playing two levels um so at any rate it's an interesting game um i was a little let down by it because when i saw it in the direct i was like oh this looks really cool and then i played it and i was like eh, it's it's kind of mess so uh i, I i'm so not go ahead I was just going to say, I, I, I'm not really actually turned off by your description of it because it sounds like kind of what I was thinking of when I watched this trailer. I'm like, this looks like a more or like a, like a different style of like bit trip runner, which I'm guessing you probably haven't played that. Uh, no, I don't think so. It was a game that I really enjoyed. There was, or I, I've only played one of them. It, it was on the Wii U. Uh, me and Kelly actually both really liked it. And it was kind of that same thing, right? Like it, it was more like it, it's a runner platformer and it was sort of that like the difficult platforming elements that made me sort of keep coming back to it and made me actually really enjoy it. It was nice in that game. I don't know if this one works the same way, but in Bit Trip Runner, when you would do certain things, if you did a slide or you did a jump or whatever, it was creating music as you did that or the music was playing along with what you were doing and so it, it kind of helped create a little bit more atmosphere with uh you know with the running that you were doing but yeah the, the controls were very simple it was essentially just slides and jumps and you know um I don't, I don't even know what else it was very basic but it was it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it because of the because of the setting and because of the music that sort of, and the, and the, I guess the, the difficult platforming, because I am, you all know, I'm, I'm big into platformers and especially if they're, you know, a little bit more on the difficult side, like I, I really like that too. So if this game ends up being something similar to that, I think I'll actually really enjoy it. So I do want to eventually download the demo and give it a try and see if it is anything like that, because I really enjoyed that experience. So I might like this one too. And when I was watching the the trailer, I'm like, that really gives me Bit Trip Runner vibes, but maybe with a 
a more interesting soundtrack because like you said, it has that original music in there. And um, so it, it really kind of stood out to me as, as a game that I wanted to try. So your description of it, while I, I get where you're coming from, it's not a turnoff necessarily for me. I'd have to get my hands on it first to, to see if it's um, to, to make sure that the game plays nice and smooth, because that was the one thing with bit trip runners that the controls were very smooth and very tight and it made it, a more enjoyable experience because of that like it wasn't all floaty or janky or anything like that so if this nails the controls the few of them that are there i think it could still end up being a pretty good game yeah by no means is it a bad game i just i guess if i could like make a list of things i don't like is the the platforming part of it is just like kind of boring right like they don't add enough challenges in there it is just those four things that i experienced like if they threw in other things in the environment that i had to avoid or um i should mention that there was three difficulties normal hard and like an insane mode so when you're coming up to these obstacles it like slows down and on normal it would slow down like a solid what felt like an eternity before I even reached the thing. So it was like, okay, like I, I even have to wait in the slow mode till I get a little closer before I can actually jump, right? Um, so I played on hard and that reduces the amount of slow-mo to like a, a better amount. So I do recommend that if you are playing the demo and you're, you're kind of feeling like, this is kind of easier, this slow-mo thing, like, because you try to sprint to because you're trying to get through the level as quickly as possible. So on those flatland stretches, you're sprinting. There's a sprint function. Um, and then the if the, you get those slow-mo sequences, it just kind of loses the momentum. So I would recommend going up on the difficulty, but definitely check out the demo um, if you're interested, like Adam. If you, if you saw the trailer and want to check it out, it's a demo, right? It's a free download. Um, it's a, an hour long, probably. You can just check it out and experience it yourself. Um, and then I will just say it's baller as hell. They just called it his handle aerial knights never yield like i don't know who aerial knight is personally but <laughs> like the fact, player unknown yeah player unknown or like hideo kojima <laughs> presents or what a hideo kojima game like i just love how he's coming out here and being like well now know, now you know who i am <laughs> yeah yep um all right nishan was there another one you wanted to talk about at all um the, the one the big one that i like really got excited for uh was Aztec Forgotten Gods. Mm, yes. I think a lot of people overlook this one because it, it it looked a little bit generic in terms of like character design and like level design, but I, I was really intrigued by it looked kind of almost open world, at least open-ish world. It's a 3D action platformer, it looks like. Um I'm I'm excited for the movement options, your character looks like she has this this Thanos infinity gauntlet thing and it can do a bunch of different moves like used as a jetpack to to launch into the air or run along walls or uh punch into the ground to get a bunch of of air and uh the boss designs looked really cool in my opinion and yeah I'm I'm a big big fan of open world games and and 3D action platformers so uh I'm looking forward to to learning more about this and possibly getting my hands on it. Yeah, this one looks really rad too. Like out of, not to like downplay any of the other games, but 
I guess it was like the one big kind of like 3D environment game that really, like all the other games are kind of that 2D perspective or that side perspective. And I'm not saying that those are worse than a 3D game, but it, it looks like a pretty robust game for uh, indie developer. Um, and I like that it is something a little different that we don't always see. Like, I, I don't know. I can't think of any Aztec type of games out there to play. So I'm sure they exist, but it's cool that they're kind of bringing in a, a culture um, that doesn't really have a place in, in the video game spaces as much. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out for sure uh, when it comes out. It's supposed to come out this autumn. Adam, is this one doing anything for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought this looked really good. I think when when it first came on screen, I'm like, you know, like Nishan said, I'm like, okay, this looks kind of generic, but... As the trailer went on and and I saw a little bit more and you see like the scale of the bosses that Mm -hmm. you're going to be fighting against. You kind of see that little bit of like what kind of looks like an openish world to explore. And, you know, again, just kind of piggyback off of the things that Nishan was saying. It it ended up kind of really getting me interested and it is one that I want to check out. And um I know I, I mentioned in, in, I think in Discord, I'm not sure, if, I can't remember if either you said it, but it looks like Aztec God of War, which, um, you know, I think it looks really cool. Yeah, I mean. I mean yeah, again, compared to God of War isn't, isn't a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just had that vibe, right? Like you're this person going out on like a quest to destroy the gods of this culture. Yeah. And, so yeah, it kind of gave me gave me those vibes. I'm sure there'll be a lot less gore and nudity, but it it looks rad as hell. So definitely, yeah. BLP Entertainment in the chat says I love anything that plays around with mythology, and I totally agree. And that that goes back to my point again. Like we always see games based on Greek mythology, or now we're kind of getting more Norse mythology games because mm-hmm. of God of War and how that kind of triggered. Uh, a bunch of other games so yeah give us give us aztec gods give us something different that maybe people aren't super familiar with the mythology around the aztec gods um all right adam is there another one you wanted to talk about um yeah i just want to maybe kind of give off a few yeah like just name a couple um sure. just to kind of keep things moving a little bit um i'm really interested in labyrinth labyrinth city i love the uh the, the where's Waldo vibes mm-hmm. that this thing gave off. I, I think that that looks kind of interesting. I, I'd like to see a little bit more to understand the gameplay loop a little bit more. And then also Chris tales. I actually got a chance to play the demo of this. I think the demo might still be available on steam, but it, it seemed like a really charming RPG. Um, it has some, some sort of time manipulation mechanics involved, which is always kind of fun. It seemed really really unique from the time that I played with the demo. It's coming out this summer, so it's coming coming up pretty soon. Oh yeah, there's a there's a demo for it on the eShop now. So uh even if you don't wanna if you haven't played the Steam version or you don't want to play on Steam or on PC, now you can play it on Switch. I might actually revisit the demo on Switch and see how it plays there. And then I also this one it isn't necessarily one that speaks to me, but I also just it's bizarre and i kind of want to get you guys' take on it is the the longing Mm, yeah so that one where you're playing 400 days in real time to i guess get to the ending of the game 
And it seems like in the process, you're doing very menial tasks, almost kind of like a Animal Crossing sort of thing. Like, you know, because in Animal Crossing, the days pass by in real time. So it's kind of like that. This is the other one I was thinking of that sort of had that uh, Adventure Time aesthetic to it as well. Some of the some of the art style and, and things that they, they showed in there gave me big Adventure Time vibes. Um. And and yeah, so I, I don't know, because again, there wasn't a lot that that made this look like, OK, this would be really fun to spend 400 days in like Animal Crossing does. Right. Like it, Animal Crossing is bright and it's energetic and it's alluring. And this one is very dark and sort of, uh, I don't know, melancholy. And, you know, I guess there's tasks that you can do within that that world while you wait. But it just didn't give a really great sense of what you would be doing or what the main gameplay loop is other than to just wait for 400 days. So I don't know, maybe I need to see a little bit more, but I'd be interested to see how many people get this game and how much time they spend <laughs> within the game yeah. during the course of those 400 days. Yeah, that, that was one that I was really like intrigued by too. I'm not, I'm not sure I would get it until I hear reviews of it, but if it's playing out in real time, I mean, it's going to be like mid-December before people are most of the way through the game at that point. Well, yeah, I mean, 400 days, that's that's over a year's worth of yeah. time. So. <laughs> that's insane. Like, Yeah. And it, I, I liked in the trailer they said something like, you, you don't even have to play this game to beat it. So it sounds like once you boot it up, the, the countdown Fire starts. Fire it up so and then probably put a reminder on up, your calendar your chair for and, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's and, and then see, see, but I mean, some of the stuff like it, it looked like at the start of the trailer, you're in like this barren room that just has like a couch and an empty bookshelf, and then by the end of the trailer, like that room has like crystals and pictures on the wall. So it looks like there's there's stuff you can do. I'm I'm not sure what you can do in the game or like how long it takes, but it, it's one of those games I'm I'm intrigued. I'm not sure. Like depending how much it is, you know, if if it's like ten dollars or something, I would definitely just shell that out to find out what a four hundred day experience yeah. would be like. Yeah, I think it. I so it, it was a shadow drop. It was one of those games that released the day of the direct, and I went because I was also intrigued on like, oh, if this is a good price, maybe I could check this out. Like if it's ten bucks or something like that. And it was nineteen ninety nine Canadian, so it's probably like what fifteen dollars for you guys. Um, so not terrible. Um, a little 20 bucks for me though. I was like, okay, now we're getting a little too steep, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see what reviewers say. It definitely looks like a game that you need a lot of patience to have, or like, I don't know. I it's, it's just kind of a cool kind of piece that, um, obviously he had an idea. I, it would have been perfect to come out at like the start of the pandemic. Right. Cause then we could have just probably spent 400 days playing that game. True. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, We'd be almost done now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. It seems also very, like depressing as hell. <laughs> like right. This, this, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Of that. Yeah. Very uh, like, and so I don't know if it's like a game, like if you suffer from depression or, you know, we all have feelings of feeling isolated right now because of the pandemic. It's, so it's kind of like an interesting, I don't know, who knows? I, I, I'm going to keep my eye on it. I'm going to check out reviews now that it's released and I'm sure people have played it um, just to kind of see what what it's all about. Is it really just that? Is it something that just kind of goes? But 
Um, yeah, really funny, funny game. Um, okay, I think what we'll do, just for the sake of time, is we'll probably wrap it up. I think one more game that I want to spend a little time talking about is Oxenfree 2. So, again, we mentioned this already, but Nintendo had that one more thing at the end of the presentation. And everyone going into this thing was like, crossing their fingers for Silk Song. I know, Adam, you were... You were praying for Silk Song. You've been praying uh -huh. for Silk Song for like pretty much for every like year now. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you know, Nintendo's already announced or they had the direct already. They now have this indie world that's two strikes. So I'm really hoping with the next direct mini or indie world that we can see that one. But um the one more thing that they did announce was still really cool. So let me pull it up here. For some reason, it's not on. So while you're pulling that up, just to, to give a little bit of context and why hope is not lost for Silk Song, is that a few years ago, when the first Hollow Knight game came out on Switch, it was a shadow drop during their E3 Direct for that year. Um, I can't remember if it was, I don't think it was launch year. I want to say it was probably 2018. When that came out so the game had already launched on uh steam and other consoles i think so it was just the switch version right. of the game that came out during that e3 direct but it was a shadow drop came out that day so maybe they're maybe they're working on something similar for this e3 let's hope we'll yeah see. Well, we'll have to wait and see yeah that would be awesome I... so oxen free to lost signals so this was like totally unexpected. Um, now, I have played Oxen Free. Adam, you've played Oxen Free. Nishan, have you mm -hmm. played Oxen Free at all? Uh, I've never played it, and I've never even heard of this series <laughs> until I watched the direct. That's totally fair. Not a lot of people know about Oxen Free, um, but those who played it would tell you that, it, like, would tell you about it because it is one of those games that is incredible it's just like the writing and the characters in the game is really cool it's kind of like this 2d uh mystery game i guess is the best way i can kind of put it you kind like of play somewhat horror like it's spooky yeah spooky but like kind of like stranger vibe spooky or like x file spooky or you know that kind of realm um so it's not like horror based but it's kind of a thriller and you basically play as like you're this group of teenagers you go to this island and you start encountering some like supernatural events you're trying to figure out what's going on um on this island and stuff like that very like well-contained story from start to finish so the fact that we're getting a sequel is that's why it's surprising because it was just one of those games that was really fantastic when i played it i really liked it um I think it. I, I think I recommended it to you, Adam, if I'm not mistaken. Like yeah. as a mm -hmm. game you should check out. Yeah, yeah. Because I just, I, I think I just gotten my Xbox One X right. and Game Pass and everything, and I saw it on there. And then you were like, "Yeah, you really urged me to to give it a try," and I, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I'm really glad that I did give it a chance. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to this one. Yeah. They didn't really tell us anything about it. Um, we just kind of got an announcement trailer. Uh, 
It's supposed to come later this year though. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. It's not a 2022 or anything like that. Um, basically it just follows the events of the first game. Riley returns to her hometown of Kamina where mysteries revolving around yet more radio, radio signals ensue. So it sounds like the main character that you play with play as in the first game, you kind of like experience all this stuff on the island. And then I guess you're going back home and it's starting to happen there. So that kind of excites me because the island was cool. Cause it's like this isolated kind of deserted island, like where there's, you're not really encountering anyone on the island, but you're exploring all these old, old buildings and environments. So if they brought it into a place where there's more people and more things going on, more environments to explore, that could be really cool. So I, I'm very excited for it, and I definitely recommend to anyone who has not played Oxenfree or even heard of Oxenfree, like, if you're like Nishan, you know, check it out. Go look up Oxenfree. Maybe check out some gameplay videos to just double check it's your type of game because I know that the style and it is more of a narrative-based game, and that's not everybody's cup of, cup of tea. But I guarantee you, like, if you like a good story, you're probably going to like Oxenfree. And yeah, um... And I'm excited because that, uh, what was it, After Party, which was from the same developers, mm -hmm. uh, where you basically go down to hell and you basically have to out Try drink. and party your way yeah. back to, to the world of the living. Yeah, you got to out-party the devil. Um, I played that game and that game didn't click, which was super unfortunate because I liked Oxenfree. So I'm really, really hyped that they're adding another title to now a series. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got major spooky Stranger Things yeah. vibes from it, and I I really mm -hmm. like the art style. It was kind of you know real real dark and and not gloomy, but kind of like um, atmospheric yeah, almost. Yeah, for sure. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'll I'll definitely go check out um some gameplay of Oxenfree and and maybe dip my toes. Yeah, it was a, it was a real surprise that game. I didn't expect to to like it, and then I ended up really liking it. I thought it was really great game um so nishan just to give you a chance before we move on like was there any other games that you wanted to to bring up um no not really a lot of them were were all like after the ones we mentioned were all kind of like oh that's interesting i'm i i need more info to before i make a decision on that but circling back um for when you mentioned chris tale um mm -hmm. It's not a big secret amongst the games are fun universe that I'm not a big RPG fan, but I I absolutely love the art style from Chris Tale. I think that was oh, like, yeah. I think that was the best looking game uh, they offered in the indie. Yeah, it's a really nice art style. I um uh, whenever I was playing, like it almost it almost gives me like Samurai Jack vibes. Like if you took the the art direction of Samurai Jack, but didn't place it, it instead of like that really dark and gloomy world you put it into a bright and vibrant setting like i feel like that's kind of where this would would come in and i i yeah i like the art style i really liked um the the, the direction that they were taking with chris tales it was a really really nice game um yeah it is i mean if you don't like RPGs, though, I mean, play the demo. See what you think. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Because I, I, I really like the demo. I'm looking forward to the full game. It was supposed to be out last year. But then, of course, you know, um, like every other game, it got pushed back because of the pandemic. But it looks good. So definitely a 
what were we giving this? Like an A, an A for Nintendo for this indie world. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I think I think an A is is definitely very fair. Yeah, I think an A is fair. It it was announced like quickly enough that people didn't get mm-hmm. their expectations too high for like all the Silk Song <laughs> hype. But yeah, they everything they offered was was you know piqued my interest. So I'm, you can't ask for anything more than that. Absolutely, Nintendo killing it. Yep. And it's good considering the uh, the the Nintendo Direct that we got, what was it about two months ago, didn't get received super well by a lot of people, and I think this is probably the the opposite of that. Yeah. And which is great to hear because you you love to hear about indie games doing well and getting time in the spotlight. I personally love indie games, so I, I like. I, I'm glad this turned out as well as it did. Yeah, definitely. Like. In the past, indie games have never really had a, a spot on the big stage. And when they do, it's usually like, here's an indie montage. Here's like a montage of right. a bunch of little games. And it's like, oh, that looks cool. Oh, it's gone. And then you, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you kind of like, you don't really get an opportunity to see them. So like, just like I said at the top of this, Nintendo, the format of this, the, what they figured out here just like checks off so many boxes um so i as long as these keep continuing to like be the they don't mess with this formula at all like i think they'll just continue to knock it out of the park with that <laughs> all right well let's move into our next topic which is our game we um oh yeah pause go for it. real yeah. quick yeah so just looking at the time here and i don't want to super rush this topic do we maybe want to potentially save this for another episode? Because we did, we ran a little long with, yeah, we the, did. with the indie world. Yeah, I and was... I also don't want the episode to be like a hundred hours long. No, either. that's totally fair. So. I think that's a good call. I was kind of thinking that too when you're like, uh, when you mentioned about, oh, let's move things along here. I looked at, oh my goodness, we're already <laughs> closing <laughs> in at an hour. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that that's a good idea. Maybe what we could do is um, get Nishan back, and we can. Uh, and then we could also have Steven hopefully make that episode. We can really make this like a big yeah. episode. Yeah, I think with the the more people, I think we could have like a a, a lot more conversation. And um, yeah, I think I think giving it its own like full episode, I think might be. Yeah, no, that, that's totally fair. And we, had I just ta- don't want it to feel like an afterthought to to the amount of time that we spent in yeah. the in the direct or or have an episode that's so long that people don't necessarily tune in for it yeah they tune out at, on the back half and yeah uh, the, it's it, full attention and like i think our intention when we first or at least my intention because i kind of came up we had this other idea for a while but it was more of like okay let's quickly touch on indie world because it happened and then let's go into this and it's like well there's all indie world was freaking awesome so like there's obviously stuff we want to talk about but yeah okay yeah. yeah we can definitely do that and honestly listener more more reason to come back Maybe next week we'll have that as the topic. Um, we will have it though, um, definitely. So, okay, well, I guess we can just go, since we're already at an hour, we could probably transition into like what we've been playing a little bit um, and we yeah. can kind of do that. Um, so Nishan, I'm going to turn it back to you and let us know what have you been playing recently? Uh, this is perfect because what I've been playing recently is... A bunch of indie games, honestly. Oh, nice. um, 
Uh, I played a short a short hike recently. Nice. Uh, it was a indie game. I think it came out in 2019, middle of 2019, and it's been on my Switch in my backlog forever. And you know, I just picked it up. You you play a little penguin who essentially goes on vacation to to this island, and you you just walk around the island. Honestly, that like. <laughs> Like pretty much that's that's all you do. You don't re- you have one objective and that's to reach the top of the island because you don't have a lot of uh, cell phone reception and only the the peak of the island has good reception. But so that's the main story, but everything you do to get to the top of the island is is up to you. There's many different paths you can take. There's lots of NPCs you can interact with and do like fun mini games there's a volleyball game you can play uh there's there's like a long distance race you can do there's treasure you can find and you know just it was a fun time exploring the island the the story that is there is you know very it's cute it's touching when when i finally did reach the top of the the island my my heart skipped a beat a little bit (laughs) and you know it it's just a lovely little game uh it it probably only took me maybe an hour, hour and a half yeah. to do the whole thing. But I I barely scratched the surface on all the, the little things you can do on the island. So I highly suggest if you haven't, if you haven't played through a short hike to pick that one up. Yeah. It's Adam and I both played it and I, I personally really liked it too, for pretty much all the reasons you just listed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, another game I've been playing was a uh, super liminal. It's like a perspective. I've been very interested in puzzle game. Uh, I've only played about an hour, and pretty much that first hour was like all tutorial stuff about the mechanics of how the world work and how some of the puzzles work. And you know, it's really it's really fun. It it really warps your mind a little bit in terms of of how you have to interact with the world. Uh, In case you don't know, you're kind of like in this weird uh, sleep study program and and so everything's a dream and you can manipulate objects in this dream and based on the perspective that you're looking at them you can change the size of these things and you use it to to do some platforming or to to unlock a puzzle and yeah so far i'm having a lot of fun with it and and trying out the different perspective puzzles yeah, this game is on my list probably on PlayStation, Steam, um, like every platform I've wish listed on, and I just like I just need to pull the trigger and play it because it looks really Same. fun. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. uh I'm go ahead. Go for it. I was just gonna ask uh Luke if he ever finished Maquette. Uh no, I didn't actually. I <laughs> I and not because I didn't like it, I just I think I was just like tired of like oh my mind wants to turn off i don't want to think of like how to solve a puzzle right now and then i just kind of forgot about it but yeah maquette um i would like to to try that because yeah there's some similar perspective based puzzles in maquette kind of um because it it deals with a a, a another kind of thing of taking items and making them big and small based on like the gameplay mechanic but yeah but yeah, no, Super Liminal looks looks great. As as you said, it's been on wish lists for me for a while, and 
I just uh, haven't haven't pulled the trigger on it, and I need to because every time I see that trailer, I'm like, it looks so good. Yeah, like it definitely looks like. I'm sure it'll be one of those games because I complained a little bit about Maquette with that too, or there was uh, certain points, you know, in the game where I felt a little dumb for not being able to complete the puzzle. I'm sure this would probably do the same thing for me, but I think it's probably worth it in the end. And if there's you know, more than one solution to each puzzle, like that just makes would make it even better. Cause I know Maquette, it was like single single solution yeah. for every puzzle. And that was um a little bit of a turnoff. You know, you know for <laughs> a fact, um, I was trying to cheese some of these puzzles in Maquette, just like, well, hypothetically this could work if I try to do oh, game's not allowing me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, th those are what I've been playing. Uh, also, always playing through Pokemon and some sort of the other, trying to finish my living decks. But yeah, th those two indie games took up a lot of time this past week or so. Right on. Well, that's awesome. Cool. How about uh, you, Adam? What have you been playing the last little while? Yeah, you know what I'm excited about? <laughs> to talk about Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, here we go. Steven's not here, so I get to take all his glory and talk about the game that he plays the most. Uh, five, patch 5.5 came out, as he discussed in length on his solo episode of the podcast last week. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's so good. Uh, patch 5.5 is so good. I'm not going to say anything about any of the anything story-related, because there's, there's essentially three parts to it. I think three parts. You have... Your main story quest, the part that links all the rest of the previous story of Final Fantasy and sort of is going to be the bridge to where it goes in Expansion 6.0. You have the completion of the near raids that were included in this, this expansion. So it was like a crossover raid uh, between Final Fantasy and near Automata, which was awesome. Really great story. The, the raid in this one, the final raid for it was... Some of the best, sorry, I bumped my mic stand. It was some of the best content I've played in Final Fantasy XIV to date. It was absolutely amazing. Um, and then there was a series of trials that ended as well, where you fight. Um, if anyone's played Final Fantasy VII, remember some of those endgame bosses, the weapons, uh, your ruby weapon sapphire weapon emerald diamond weapon all of those you you get a chance to see in the game you only get to fight three three of them um two of them are optional one of them you don't get to fight at all and then the other one is part of the story to beat but they all come in to play as uh you know special battle events within the Shadowbringers expansion pack and Diamond Weapon was the final one, which was just introduced. And so each one has like a normal version and an extreme version. And so I've played through the normal version. I, I need to get my gear built up a little bit more before I can do the extreme. But I'm excited for that. I've But I've completed all the other content up uh, that was part of the expansion. So I'm pretty excited about that. The, the main storyline was, was great. Very exciting. It was really short, though. Um, it, it was very short. To, it's not going to take you long to get through the main story. However, the, uh, the, the dungeon that was part of it was incredible. Again, one of the best dungeons that I played in Final Fantasy 14. So that was really good. And it, it 
it's basically it's a it's a setup for 6.0 which obviously duh because it's the last the last patch before 6.0 comes out so i think because of that it felt like a it felt basically felt like an extended trailer for pre (laughs) 6.0 so it's like here's all the things you have to get excited for but it does give you a couple really great set pieces within within the patch it was just very short but it's great uh, I wish I could say more, but it, again, it just came out, so I don't want to spoil anything. So I'll just leave it at that. But it, it's it's fantastic. Um, I've also been playing Outriders a little bit. They finally fixed the crossplay issue. So Steven, he's been playing on Xbox, his Series X that he got. I've been playing on PC, and the crossplay between the two did not work well at all. And they finally patched it up. It's working now. So we played a little bit this week. Um, I'd, I'd like to like to keep playing. We were getting our butts kicked in a couple <laughs> of those fights, but it was a really nice, it was a good challenge. So I, I, I like how that was going. We also partied up with uh, another member of the community, Vincent. Nice. Uh, he joined us for a little bit in, in one of the gameplay sessions that we did, and, and that was a good time. I think with the difficulty that we're at, the world tier that we're in at this point, I feel like we need more than just the two of us because... We are going to get whooped as soon as we level up to tier eight. It's going to be wild. Um, so that's been fun. I've been playing as a as the trickster role, which has been really fun. I I have a little bit of beef with it because it is sort of uh sort of it feels like the design is built around melee combat, but the cooldowns of the melee abilities and the amount of the melee abilities that you get. You, I still feel like I have to rely on my guns more than more than anything, which is a little bit of a bummer, but it's a neat class that I think could have been executed a little bit better. And it's it it feels like a very hard class to play, even in a group setting. It's been a little bit of a challenge because of that sort of lack of tools that I feel like it should have. Um, and and like I said, I just end up having to use my guns. So, not the way I want to play it. But it's still a fun game, and I'm interested in playing more. Uh, the other game I wanted to mention is Narita Boy, which came out on Xbox Game Pass a week or two ago. So I wanted to bring that up here. It it looked really good. I liked the sort of presentation of the game. I like the art style. It's very, very pixel graphic. Um, it even looks like almost like an Atari game. <laughs> like if there was a weird mid ground between like Atari and NES, like I feel like that's where this would fit in. And I didn't love it. Um, the there were there was a little bit of platforming which felt very very floaty. I hated any time I had to do any sort of jumping mechanic because I just felt like I I would float and I would not go where I wanted to go. It wasn't tight. Um, the combat was decent i think the combat was sort of the 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 bright spot in it but it takes so long to get to that point where you're actually doing anything gameplay related they they dump a whole bunch of lore in the front of that game very very front loaded with lore and maybe it is throughout i'm not sure but you know you're talking to people and they keep talking about like this sword of legend and everything and how you're gonna get it and you're gonna beat the bad guys called stallions or whatever and it takes a really long time before you even get that sword. It's just kind of like one of those moments where it's like, just shut up, just stop, <laughs> just stop. I just want to play a game and you're throwing all this, all this dialogue at me that like, I don't need. And 
the uh, each room feels very small and you're just constantly running in and out of rooms. And by the time I got the sword, it's like, okay, now you need to run back through all these rooms that you were just in. Nothing's going on in, in like half of them. And, and then it's very easy to get lost. There's really no map system. So it's like, okay, where the hell am I supposed to go again? And it just, I, I'm sure there's a good game in there somewhere, but it just, I, I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. it. It was very badly paced. The 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 uh you know the movement was floaty and just didn't feel good. The combat was decent, but it also felt not also like like something was just missing from the combat. Like it just wasn't all there. And again, maybe later on in the game, maybe it gets better, maybe it'd be more enjoyable. But from what I played, I just I don't really see myself going back to it. Which is unfortunate because it looks really cool. Yeah, that's really too bad because I saw this game and saw the art style and it has kind of like this synth wave aesthetic that is just yeah. like mm -hmm. so my vibe. Like this art style, the enemies that they've like, I'm like, damn, this looks dope. But yeah, I was listening to Game Scoop and Damon Hatfield brought it up and he yeah. said, mm -hmm. said very similar things. So ha having heard you kind of reinforce some of those points, I'm like, ooh, that sounds rough. Yeah, and I don't think it's scored well either. Now that I think about it, I think review scores were were pretty low, at least from IGN. I think they gave it like a six. Ooh, yeah. So yeah, not not a great score. I don't know where it got elsewhere, but yeah, I think it was um, not super well received, and and it's a shame because I think if it was if things were just done a little bit differently, I think that could have drastically changed people's opinions of it. Yeah, it's too yeah. bad. Yeah, that's unfortunate. We were just watching the trailer here for and for you audio listeners. Come check us out on yeah. our channel so you can see the trailer. But yeah, it, it looked really cool. So that's unfortunate that the, the gameplay lets it down mm -hmm. so much. Uh, that was your last one there, Adam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last one. I, I feel like there might have been something else, but I can't. Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe not. It's tough because like we've kind of mm -hmm. talked about what we've been playing on like the sea of thieves episodes but mm -hmm. we haven't done like a, a review like this for a while um i don't have too much new really to share uh besides well i guess it's a little bit of, so i obviously have been playing through resident evil 4 on my twitch channel and i finally beat it it took me just under 20 hours to get through that game which was pretty long and longer than i expected uh, but I also streamed it, so that's partially why. But overall, I understand why it's one of the the most beloved games in the franchise. Uh, there's a lot to it. It's a big, lengthy game. You go through so many different environments between the village and the castle and the caves. And it's, yeah, I really had a fun time with it. Um, there were some things about the game you know, having played it for the first time in 2021 that, you know, I kind of am more forgiving because it's like, okay, this game's old. Uh, you know, I, I talked about it on the show before and I'm sure people who tune into my streams, I complained about the POV a little bit, the feel and the, not POV, the FOV. And it just, it's that same kind of angle that RE2 remake, RE3, but for whatever reason, it just like when you were inside in in tight rooms it just frustrated me and how the camera worked and so uh 
I found a mod, applied that. I found a texture mod, applied that. So I was really playing a pretty incredible game um, as best as it can be played in 2021. So that added to the experience a little bit. And yeah, I really like it. I don't think I have any... I, I've unlocked some different modes that I can play it in. And I... I don't think I would replay them. I'm just going to wait for a remake with this game. And unfortunately, we don't really get the opportunity to get a Resident Evil 4 remake announced because we just had the Resident Evil event that happened today. And Resident Evil 4 made an appearance at this showcase, but it is coming to Oculus Quest 2. And so it's like, great. Resident Evil 4, a game that is basically on every platform known to mankind, <laughs> is like now making its way to VR. It's like, okay, great. So I was kind of bummed by that announcement, hoping for a Resident Evil 4 remake fresh off this replay, but I really like it. I'm so excited for Resident Evil Village, considering Village has a lot of those vibes that you know Resident Evil 4 had in terms of the environments and stuff. So really fun, but I'm ready for a break on Resident Evil. It's like... It's been a bit with that. So, um, yeah, so the next game I've been playing is a game that I started last year, and that's Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, picked it up again because I kind of wanted a open world game to play, and I'm making progress in it. That game is insanely huge. Like, there's just hundreds and hundreds of hours of content there. I barely scratched the surface. Um, but it's really fun. I, I got back into it, only played for a couple hours, and I like, bam, I'm back in. So I've been playing that actually for probably a good week and a half um, just because I want something to play on my PS5. And I'm like, I haven't beat Valhalla yet. Returnal's not quite here. So let's go back to, to Valhalla and finish that up. And then next, I my next game that I've been streaming on my Twitch channel is Undertale. So... I got the idea to play Undertale because this is a game that I've wanted to play for a long time, right? It's been out for like five. This is going to be its sixth year that it's since its release. And I, I figured it's now's the time I need to actually play this game because people talk about how incredible this game is. I really like the art style. I was playing a game called Everhood that has a very similar art style to that. So I was kind of already in that mindset to play that type of game. And so I started on stream and... I'm not going to lie, the first like hour and a bit of that game, I was just kind of like, I don't really understand what is going on with this right now, right? It kind of just throws throws you, throws things at, at you and you kind of come across this combat system and for those who aren't familiar, like these monsters that you encounter, you can attack them or you can like talk to them and kind of figure out what's going on in this monster's life to try and get them to like back down and... and um, not fight you right so with that there's kind of like an extra challenge right you can do the whole run killing everybody it's like a genocide run um, you can come in and save everybody like there's different ways you can play it and let me tell you the undertale community on twitch definitely came in and asked me many times what i was playing and this that and the other and it's like okay undertale fans are very passionate about this game um so yeah i'm gonna seek it see it through it's only a five hour game i can finish it up on stream and so 
yeah, I think once I finish it, then I can have more thoughts. And then lastly, the game I really wanted to talk about quickly here is one that I just started last night and it's a newer release. So I'm actually really excited to talk about it. And that is It Takes Two, which of course is the cooperative game that is from Yosef Ferez. Uh, he did A Way Out. He also did Brothers. And he makes these games that are designed to be played cooperatively, whether it is on the couch with, uh, you know, your significant other or a friend, or you can play it online. Um, but the game can only be played cooperatively. So It Takes Two is basically about this little girl. Her parents are going through a divorce. She basically just wishes to this magic book that that doesn't happen and her parents get turned into two dolls that she made that are designed after her parents and so the parents uh, like find themselves like on their in their backyard or in their garage or in their house but they're like really small tiny dolls so like they're encountering all these crazy characters like um there for the people watching right now like there's these squirrels that they're talking to right now in this trailer we're showing off when i was in the shed there's like uh, tools that have faces and they're talking to you and stuff. So it's very like kind of Pixar-esque, I guess, in, in terms of um, some of the NPCs that you interact with and stuff. But the game basically like, uh, you know, I was playing it with Meg. Uh, she played it as the wife. I play as the husband. And there are certain like there was one specific level. We only basically did the first kind of world, I guess. And it was kind of like in the shed, in this garage. And there was a, we got these tools to use and Megan got like the head of a hammer and I got nails and I could throw the nails and she could use kind of the hammer to like hook onto the nail and like swing onto the next nail and stuff. So like there's these cool kind of gameplay mechanics where only a certain person can progress, whether it's the girl or the guy character um i can't remember their names um so that's kind of cool right you have to it really forces you to work together and communicate in order to to do that so um yeah i'm really excited because like watching the trailer it shows all these really cool environments um and i've only experienced one so far so like i'm so excited to to go and there's one level i saw that was like a ball pit and there was like uh like toys everywhere there's outdoor levels so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this game expands and i'm sure i'm going to be talking a lot more uh in fact maybe that's something that meg and i could sit down and do a review episode for since we're going to be playing the whole game together but um yeah it, it it and it looks great on the ps5 like 60 fps looks super sharp it looks like i'm watching like a a pixar movie and i'm just able to control it so um, it's, it's also, if you don't have a PS5 yet, it's still on the last gen consoles and it looks great on that too. So yeah, try it out. Um, if you are interested in buying it, but you're like kind of concerned, Oh, I don't know if I have someone to play it with your friends play free. This is the great thing that they've done. At, uh, I think it's Hazelight, Yosef Ferris. Yeah. Hazelight, uh, Yosef Ferris, his studio, all these games basically, they're giving you two copies of the game. A Way Out was the same way. You buy that game. You get a free copy that you can give to a friend so they have it and you can play. So it, it, they're really, they're, they're removing those barriers to, to play it if, if cooperative games aren't your thing. And honestly, I just, cooperative games, especially couch co-op games, are like something that just doesn't exist as much anymore. Um, and so I'm glad that there's a studio out there, a developer out there that is specifically making games to be played like that because there's just 
games are, are fun to play with uh hey there it is games are fun games to play fun. <laughs> play with your with your friends right so give us those opportunities to play them um you know not just online give bring back couch cop right so yeah yeah I, it looks really cool I, I I definitely want to try it out myself. Watching that, I'm like, well, I wonder if that's something I could get Kelly to sit down and play with me. But uh, I I wonder if she'd be able to handle it. She's not a gamer at all, and putting her into 3D environments is usually a bad idea. So, um, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like that would be like the ideal game too, because there's like relationship building in right. that too, right? And you know, maybe be you know somewhat relatable for for like uh, people in relationships. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing like where the story goes because like obviously this couple's in the middle of a divorce and they've just been turned into tiny dolls. You can imagine that they're not going to be super cooperative. And so I just kind of seeing how the characters grow and like, is it going to have a happy ending or they, I would love for it to kind of to have more of a realistic tone because the first hour of the game is very whimsical and very like family friendly. So if they could like make it just a slight more realistic in terms of like, some of the subject material that they're talking about, like I think it would even weigh even more. So, um, yeah. So that's what I've been playing. Um, yeah, I'm just like counting down the days to Pokemon Snap because that's like the next big release. Them so I'm close. For. Fifteen days. Fifteen days. From, there we go. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. I feel like I'm gonna have to make a choice between between Returnal and Pokemon Snap, and I just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to make. The decision on that yeah that's a hard one i i think i'm gonna get both because i'm sold on both but then it will be a challenge of what do i play first but i'm honestly yeah i'm gonna play pokemon snap first i've been waiting long enough for that sequel <laughs> so uh, uh based on my getup, you can obviously tell i'm getting uh <laughs> returnal of it's course totally right. getting yes. returnal yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, everyone. Well, that's what we've been playing. Let's go on to question of the week. So, Nishan, you are the the Q of the week ex- expert. What do I call you? The Q of the, the week. Math- the, yeah, exactly. So why don't you take it away? Tell us what last week's question was. And uh, we got a couple responses to share, too. All right. So last week's question of the week, well, I guess it would be like two weeks at this point. Yeah. Is- <laughs> What game did you start to play, but for whatever reason fell off of, but still want to get back into? Uh, what about the game uh, made you want to like get back into it despite falling off? And uh, first reply from our uh, Discord channel was from James Halliday, aka BLP Entertainment. <laughs> uh, he said, Octopath Traveler. Uh, there was no definitive reason I put it down, just that life got busy and I didn't finish it. But I absolutely love the mechanics and stories. I'm excited to jump back in once I have more time. And then uh, on Twitter, we have uh, Midnight Burrito. He said, I fell hard for Last of Us 2. I just couldn't play it early quarantine when I was bummed out about a lot of stuff. May revisit it when we're not in a pandemic because I love the update mechanics, the setting, and the writing. Yeah, so definitely, those... definitely a depressing game. So that's probably a good, good choice, Midnight. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So James and Midnight, thank you so much for responding. Of course, Nishan posting that question for you guys to answer. So Nishan, what what 
game is one that you've fallen off of but wanted to get back into? Um, you know, I'm I'm usually if I fall out of a game, like there's a reason right. for it, and I never back. Uh, so recently, I haven't done that. But um, the one game that I remember big time was a uh, Breath of the Wild was one that I I got like early on and I played it and you know it everybody knows early on in that game you don't know what's going on your your weapons break all the time and you're just getting <laughs> die every four seconds in that game <laughs> this is dumb I'm not playing this but you know like I put it down and every couple weeks I'm like I need to get back into that game because just just the mechanics they give you and the open world that that Hyrule is in that game like it just draws you back and you know eventually you you get back in there and you learn the mechanics and you upgrade your armor and it, it turns out to be one of the best games of not only this past generation but possibly ever yeah i i don't blame you having that thought i think a lot of people had that thought when they first got into it and it was like what is going on? But then I, I didn't have that thought. I was like, you just let me say, <laughs> it, well, I, I think it for me, it was I understand like, though. when I, yeah, when you get off like that, the, um, plateau or whatever, and get into the game and where it starts opening up, it's like, okay, now we're moving. Now we're, we're free to go. But that first bit, I was like, man, this is, I don't know what to think of this yet. <laughs> How about you, Adam? So here's one that I, I don't really have a reason for falling off on. And to say that I want to get back into it now is going to seem like it's because of something else that just happened recently. But I've been thinking about it for a little bit and I've been wanting to do it. Um, but it's going to totally seem like it's been prompted by something. So let me tell you. Uh, so recently or just today, uh, for those of you that are kind of funny, uh, part of the kind of funny community, uh, they dropped an episode of a sort of like a little sideshow that they do called The Blessing Show. And what Blessing did is he went through and he found five incredible games out of dreams that he kind of showcased to the public and said, hey, uh, if you've ever played dreams, here is the advancement that people have made in, cre in making their, their games within dreams that you should definitely go check out. And when Dreams first came out, me and Luke, we did sort of like a weekly thing. We would talk about uh, the different dream creations that we had played, the ones that we recommend that people should go and try out. And then that just kind of stopped for whatever reason. And I know we had talked about it a couple of times. I don't know if it was either on, on previous episodes of the show or if it was just while we were, you know, just chatting at some point. We were kind of talking about... Um, trying that again or just wanting to get back into dreams in general. And so that is, that is one of the things I, I want to do is, is kind of maybe get back to, um, you know, doing that. Maybe if it's not weekly, maybe it's just a monthly. And we, we talk about it at the end of one of our episodes, like, Hey, go check out these dreams. And, um, you know, and maybe the time is right because the things that blessing showed does really, I think, speak a lot into, what those creations you can find, like all the great creations that you can find now, because I think maybe it was at the point where it's, it was still so fresh and there wasn't really a lot of content there to really look at and be like, okay, this game was amazing. Mm -hmm. And, and granted we would typically have like one or two, uh, one or two dreams that we could talk about 
on like our weekly thing, but it started to get thinner and thinner and things kind of started looking the same and people were only interested in making these uh, recreations of like superheroes that other people were doing. And they were, everyone was just interested in making little mini games based off of existing IP and no one was really doing their own thing. And it seems like that's maybe not the case anymore. So maybe now's a great time to go check it out again. So, so yeah, that's, you know, certainly something I would like to, to revisit. Yeah, definitely check. I don't know when the last time you jumped on. I last it's been a bit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I played around uh, Halloween because I saw some advertisement of like this Halloween event where they were combining all these different Halloween or horror games. There is a lot of horror games on yeah. there, so I mean that's actually probably a really good time to, to. That was probably a really good time to check it out. Yeah, yeah, and I found some that were like just like exceptional, and I'm not saying that. Uh, the ones prior sucked, but yeah, like you said, there were, there were a lot harder to find. There was kind of like the 10 that stood out on the, the search page is like, Oh, these got a lot of upvotes. So that's why they're so, um, you know, they're, they got the upvotes cause they are impressive and everything else was just, yeah, shovelware. <laughs> Most of these weird creations, it's like, whatever. And now it's, there's way more content. There's, and the great thing about dreams is people take assets that people make from the other games and they're putting their own creation. So as time continues on dreams should only get bigger and better as there's more of a library of assets that people can put into their own creations. So yeah, I saw that. I actually watched that this morning too. And I was thinking the same thing, Adam of like, <laughs> maybe we, and, and yeah, it just, it brings back a lot of good memory. And like you said, yeah. when we used to do that and share the games, it was so fun. Cause it was like this like swap where we'd be like, because it is sometimes hard to find some of these, but it it would be like, here's games you check out. I'll check out these games. And then, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so the game, quickly, the game that I really enjoyed, but then uh, just kind of, actually, <sighs> there was a reason I put it down. So the game that, for, for my answer, is Horizon Zero Dawn. And this game is a game that I really enjoyed when I got it. I was totally sold when that game was announced. All the trailers, everything we saw in that game, I'm like, yes, give it to me, looks dope. Uh, Aloy killing these robot dinosaurs in this open world full of different kinds of environments and um, let's 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 go. And I didn't have the excuse of, oh, Breath of the Wild came along because I didn't get a Switch until November. So it really was just, I think I just got burnt out on that game in the open worldness where I'm like, ah, and I put it down and I was after several hours into it. And so I really want to get back to that game, especially with the sequel coming supposedly this year. Um, but it's just very, it's daunting, right? It's an open world game. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not something that I've made so much progress on my first save that it's like to have to go, I would, I couldn't pick up from there cause I'm, it's been so many years but I also am like dreading having to start from scratch again. But I do remember that that part I played being fun. So I'm sure it'd be good. So yeah, I'd like to pick that game up some point this year when I find like some downtime and, and get that finished definitely before the sequel. So that's question of the week. Thank you guys so much for responding. Um, of course, if you want to know how you can take part in question of the week, uh, we post a question every single week on our Discord server, so you can join that by going to invite.gg slash games are fun. 
And we post the question in there, you can answer and we'll read your responses on next week's episode, which brings me to my next point. We have a new question to issue you guys. And it's going to kind of related to what we were going to talk about on the show, but I think we're going to be talking about that next week. So it actually lines up really well. Um, And that is, we want to know what your gaming turn-ons and turn-offs are. So let us know what things in games really turn you off. Things that make you either want to stop playing that game or you realize that game has that a part of it and you just, nope, I don't care how cool it looks. I don't want it. And then on the opposite, what are the things that really attract you to a game? Those It could be a gameplay feature, um, whatever it is. We want to know about it and we'll read your guys' responses on next week's episode. All right, Nishan, Adam, that's going to wrap it up for the podcast here. Um, Nishan, thank you so much for joining on this episode and, and talking with us. It was great to have you on. Uh, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash Nishan or on Twitter at uh, at knee underscore underscore Sean because apparently there are two Nishans ahead of me. So <laughs> Don't you just hate that, Nishan? Yeah. <laughs> um, great. How about you, Adam? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram at adampalooza85. You can follow me on twitch.tv slash LukeLalama and at LukeAllenArm on Instagram and Twitter for the same reasons Nishan mentioned. We're going after at LukeTheLama <laughs> on Twitter so I can get that domain. But uh, make sure you follow the show on twitch.tv slash GamesAreFunPodcast where we live stream twitter.com slash GamesAreFunPod or at GamesAreFunPod and then YouTube in the show notes or just search for GamesAreFun and then join our Discord. Uh, I can't can't stress this enough, guys. We're having conversations on the Discord. The conversations continue after the show here. We're always talking on that Discord server every day about video games, about video game news, about food, about movies, TV shows, pretty much anything under the sun. Um, we we talk about it all over on that Discord server. So make sure you're come coming and being a part of that by joining invite.gg/gamesarefun. And that is going to conclude episode number 121 of the Games Are Fun podcast. Um, Again, Nishan, Adam, thank you guys for joining me on this episode. It was a lot of fun. And we will talk to you guys all next week. We'll see you later. Bye.